Good morning, and peace be with you. Ed has some announcements, but before he comes up, just a couple of things I wanted to announce. Of course, um, with the world events, um, our prayers are with uh, all people in the Middle East that are going through this time of violence, and we're calling on God to come and reign supreme over it. Um, we also, um, I want to make sure that you know all those that are able or wanting to attend uh, Jane's memorial services next Saturday at noon. And then something to really look forward to coming up is a baptism of a young lady that I have not yet met. Her name is Amelia Young, and I think she's less than six months old. And her little brother, Owen, was baptized here. The Youngs, Scott Young is grandpa, and they were a family over at Prince of Peace in La Mirada, um, where I was for a brief time before uh, going and finishing seminary and then being called here. So some things to look forward to. And um, with that, I'll let Ed continue on and tell us all the news that's fit to tell. Thank you, Ed. I forgot my readers, I'm not blind. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, several things that are worth noting, but one of them is in red. It's in your insert. There's a birthday and that's for Pam Dustin. She's going to be 39 on October 17th. I want to take care of the ones in red first because, you know, the Bible, never mind. Second thing to talk about is the uh, missions for the month. Uh, we've been working with them for the last few weeks and trying to come up with some money for financial support for the Samaritan Purse Operation for the Christmas Guild. Um, a lot of us that have been here for a while remember where we were quite involved in stuffing shoeboxes with gifts and stuffs and, and hope for the for children around the world at Christmas. So that's our mission this month still. Um, Bible study is, of course, uh, on Tuesdays at noon. I'm going to try and make it this time. I got an excuse. I can't work. So I'll be here. Uh, so maybe you don't want to come if I'm going to be there. But if, you, if I'm there, you know, I'd like to see you. Um, worship assistance. Uh, we're looking for help as always. And, and also, more importantly, if you have um, anything like a praise report or something like that, you can also give that to Ashley or let her know your availability to help out in a pinch, that she would appreciate that. A lot of people said on Reformation Day when we have it, I didn't know it was Reformation Day. People are wearing red. I'm telling you, there's going to be another Reformation Day. And guess what? It's going to be in two weeks, October 29th. So we'll celebrate Reformation Day. We're red. Um, the only other thing to mention that I think is uh, to point out is the Harvest Festival from Victory Outreach is going to take place 
October 31st on Tuesday, and as always, they're looking for us to support them with donations of candy or uh, money so they can buy the candy for the not just the kids that go here, but the kids that uh, VO uh, takes care of in the motels and all these other places where there's just nothing for them. So that's what I have to say. Um, and uh, I hope uh, you sing loud. Please stand if you're able.
We come together this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the, from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you invite us to trust in you for our salvation. Deal with us not in severity of your judgment, but by the greatness of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, the first reading is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 through 9, and can be found on page 1309 in the Pew Bible. Uh, this reading is titled, Praise to the Lord. Think of the prayers he has answered, and praise him for his goodness and faithfulness. Isaiah writes, 25, 6 through 9. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, Surely this is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. We'll read Psalm 23 responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The next reading is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 13, and can be found on page 1830 in the Pew Bible. And this chapter in the Bible is titled, Joy in Giving. Even though Paul is in prison, he's telling the church in Philippi to rejoice in Christ's gift of salvation. Philippians 4, 4 through 13. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you have no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is from St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, and can be found on page 1534 in your pew Bible. Jesus spoke to them, and again, in parables saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants, and he said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention, and they went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants. They mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. And he sent his army, and he destroyed those murderers, and they burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone that you find. And so the servants went out into the streets, and they gathered all the people that they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man 
There was a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how? How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? And the man was speechless. And the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are chosen, but few, excuse me, many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Kind of a harsh story that we just read. Many years ago, probably around 1994, Tracy will let me know if I got it right or wrong or not, but I think it was around 1994. Before Tracy and I had boys, we went on a vacation to Hawaii, and we were staying uh, on the island of Maui, and then we went across over to the island of Lanai. And before we left California, we were briefed by friends who had been there, experienced it. We were briefed on where to dine and where to play golf, the sights to see while we were there. And both Tracy and I were super uber excited to stay at a place called The Lodge at Coele. This was a newly transformed property on the island of Lanai. It had a world-class golf course. Tracy was thrilled about that. Not, but it was designed by Jack Nicholas, and it was really quite something else. And one of the tips that we got from our friends prior to traveling was that I would need a coat and a tie to dine at the lodge. And you know, growing up during the 60s, um, whenever there was a formal occasion or dining or work or whatever, it was not unusual. I was quite used to seeing that men wore coats and ties. Even I did on occasion if we went over to the city you know, to dine out or to go to church or some men who worked in the city, they had to wear a coat and tie every day. Men were, back in those days, what you called properly dressed. And I'm grateful that I was prepared when I went over to the island because we witnessed at the lodge each night at least one guy that didn't get the memo. And as he would walk through the doors into the Grand Lodge main room, a maitre d' 
would greet the dress code violator, and he would whisk him away to a coat room where he would provide him with an ill-fitting coat and a mismatched tie. And uh, then he would get to return to this vast area uh, that had couches and everything where people would recline and have a drink before they got escorted into the dining room. It was all very grand. And uh, I just remember thinking, boy, I'm glad that I didn't have that happen to me. A coat and a tie for the lodge at Coeli to make you presentable for eating at dinner seating. Unfortunately, there are and there were no eternal consequences for those who came to the lodge's dining room improperly dressed. But on the other hand, today, Jesus described a meal in the gospel where the dress code determines your eternal destination. Jesus began his parable by saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a, we a wedding feast for his son. Now, such a celebration was an opportunity for the king to display his wealth, his power, his influence, his good taste, and his sense of excellence. And even the poorest family in first century Israel, well, they went all out and made sacrifices financially in order to provide the best wedding feast possible. And when a king spared no expense, the wedding feast was a once-in-a-lifetime event. And a king even went so far as to provide party clothing for everyone who attended. Get that. These party outfits were not like the one-size-fits-all generic suit and coat that that poor, unsuspecting, underdressed gentleman would find at the lodge. Instead, the king would engage the best fashion houses in Israel to custom design and style so that that would make every guest look their best no matter what. You would arrive at the king's palace in your travel clothes and the king's servant would take you to a changing room where you would wash up and you would change into a fashion statement that made you look, well, it would make you look like the comedian uh, Billy Crystal would say, do you remember him? He'd say, you look marvelous, baby. You would look marvelous. Stay with me. So one big difference between my trip to the lodge and the trip to the wedding feast in today's gospel is that my clothing had traveled from the mainland in my suitcase, and it made me look tacky as it was wrinkled. It made me look tacky compared to the wedding clothing at the feast that we just heard about. And another difference between my outing and Tracy's outing to the lodge was a question of cost. Our meal and 
1994 was extraordinarily expensive. It was multiple times more than we could afford or what we should have spent. On the other hand, the people at the wedding feast in today's gospel were the guests of the king. And the king, well, he paid all of the expenses. And since a wedding feast often lasted several days, the king would provide the best lodging for his guests. He would provide the dining hall, the food and the drink, the entertainment, the wedding garments. You see, the king supplied all these things for his guests. It is the king who invites the people to come and enjoy what he has prepared for them. What an excellent picture this is of eternal salvation awaiting for all who believe. It's what we have to look forward to through Jesus the Christ. He has done everything necessary for us to enjoy life with God now and in eternity. You see, we haven't lived a holy, sinless life. We confess that. But Jesus did, and he did it for us. We didn't suffer and die for the sins of the world But Jesus did. He did it for us. And Jesus was raised from the dead to prove that sin was, the sin that paid for death was defeated. He wrote a check in his blood for the price of sin and the check cleared. His resurrection from the dead proves everything. Jesus fulfilled the promise that, made, that God made through his prophet Isaiah. As we read uh, in today's Old Testament lesson, on this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. Jesus serves us choice food, food of peace with God through forgiveness of our sins. He gives us joyous wine of victory over death. And it's all been prepared by him. By him, just as he said on the cross when he proclaimed, it is finished. And it is with his sinless life and his innocent suffering and death that Jesus has prepared the table, the table of salvation. Everything is ready. There's nothing for us to do. We are invited to this feast each and every Sunday. The table is prepared. And soon you will come And you will feast on his body and blood for the forgiveness, for life, and for salvation. Now going back to the story, here's the really, really crazy thing about it. As Jesus told the story, the hearers would have noticed this. 
The crazy part about the story is that some of the invited guests began to find excuses not to attend the wedding feast of the son of the king. And when the king sent a second invitation, the people who were invited actually abused or even killed some of the servants. Let's think about that. Want to come to a party? No, and I'm going to kill you for asking. Makes no sense. All that these servants wanted to do was invite these people to the most amazing, beneficial feast of all time. They wanted people to receive the full benefit and blessing of this feast. Why would anyone abuse somebody for wanting to give them something good, something wonderful? The truth is, some of the servants ended up dead. And the king considered these acts so terrible that he ordered the destruction of those who turned down his invitation. My goodness, who would be so foolish in real life? Well, the answer to that question becomes clear. It becomes clear when we look at the history of Old Testament Israel. The people of Israel had been invited to this feast all through the Old Testament. For God had promised, all through the Old Testament, he had promised the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior would come. And finally, on that Christmas, he did come. But sadly, for the most part, the Jews rejected him just as the Holy Spirit inspired John to write in John 1, verses 9 through 11. He said, The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. No, his own people, they persecuted and they killed his servants. And when God himself came into their presence in the person of Jesus the Christ, they rejected and killed him as well. And in doing all of this, they rejected and they dishonored God. Their attitudes, their actions, showed that they were not worthy. Well, that was then. How about now? Well, people now reject the invitation in a very different way today. They are satisfied with the barest outlines of the Christian doctrines. They, they have absolutely no desire to learn more about their Savior. It is as if as if they work at getting what they think is the minimum recommended amount of Jesus and no more. Perhaps they think, after all, if I know too much about Jesus, if I partake in his gifts every time he invites me, it just won't be as special. How sad. How sad it is 
that although most people want to go to the eternal feast when they die, they don't want to participate in that eternal feast every week while they are here living on earth. Jesus pointed out another danger in this parable. Maybe you caught it. There was a man. There was a man who turned down the gracious gift of the king's wardrobe. He tried to go to the wedding feast in his own clothing. And here the king had made the services of a fashion consultant available to everyone who had come. He had provided the most attractive, the most fashionable clothing for his guests. And this man turned him down. What an insult. We read that the king ordered the attendants to bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Anyone think that was a little bit harsh for a dress code violation? Well, God does not want anyone He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He wants all people to be saved. He invites all people to the feast of the eternal life in his son. The king spares no expense in preparing for the feast. In fact, it costs God the life of his very own son. And those who turn down the invitation... Those who insist on earning their way into the feast, well, such people offer a great insult to God. To decline God's offer in Jesus Christ is an absolute shameful way to treat him. And there are consequences. Because as Jesus said in John 14, Jesus said this, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. For those who are dressed in Christ's righteousness will continue to enjoy the feast. In fact, we do not even need to wait until we leave this world to begin experiencing that feast. In just a few moments, we shall be joining the hosts of heaven at this feast right here. As we come forward and receive a small piece of bread and a sip of wine, well, that's when we shall partake of the life-giving body and blood of our Lord and Savior. For a brief instant, we shall attend the wedding feast of the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. For a brief instant, we shall see that heaven has already come to earth to dwell with us. And through baptism, Jesus Christ has removed our rags, our wrinkled clothes, and he's replaced them with royal robes of Christ's righteousness. He has dressed us for the feast 
He has destroyed our sinful rags with his suffering and death on the cross. He has brought the reign of heaven down to us. The Holy Spirit invites us to the feast through the word and through the sacrament. So, come. The wedding feast of the Lamb is ready. John recorded in his revelation, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please stand if you're able. Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God Almighty, beautiful Savior, Jesus, we humbly come before your throne of grace to pray. We need you, Lord. Your church needs you. We cannot do anything apart from you. Lord, you know every detail of the times that we're living in. You chose us for just a time as this. Father, strengthen us and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that our lamps are full and ready for your return. Speak to our hearts of your unfailing love. Lord, please don't let us take for granted the freedoms and the blessings that we have here. Lord, our hearts are grieved with you over the loss of innocent lives due to man's arrogance and pride. Lord, we pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for those who are deceived by the enemy. We pray for softened hearts and ears to hear of your great love, your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, for knowing our hearts and for hearing our prayers. We thank you for salvation and peace, the peace that you give. We love you, Lord, because you first loved us. You are the one who provides for all of our needs. You are the one we praise. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. 
for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Oh. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples. He said this, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he, he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the wedding feast is prepared and you look marvelous because you're baptized believers that are clothed in Christ. You have never looked better. So come. The table is prepared. And the ushers will bring you forward. Please don't knock them out, drag them out, or do anything bad to them. They're just here to help. Amen? Amen.
And now the benediction, uh, Aaronic blessing. May the Lord keep you. <laughs> May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.